Hey, this is Faith, and thank you for tuning in to Faith Over Everything podcast, where I cover everything, whether it's pop culture, religion, politics, relationships, fashion, beauty, entertainment, black culture, whatever is on your hearts and minds, we are talking about it on the show. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode available on all your favorite streaming platforms and enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode. I am super excited about my guest tonight, okay? Um, my guest, I'm going to allow him to introduce this, int- introduce himself, excuse me, but I first heard him on my friend's podcast. Um, that's the Optimistic Divorcees. If you guys are a fan of the show, if you tune in, they have a commercial um, during the course of my recordings. And so I'm like, okay, he always has some really good, insightful things to say. Um, I really just like his candor, his honesty. And, you know, I just feel like what he shares and what he does is so important and so needed. So um, without further ado, welcome, Troy, to the show. Welcome. What's going on? How are you? (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited about this conversation. Oh, man. I never get tired of these conversations. (laughs) Right. You like that's what I do. Yeah, this this is my thing. This is my this is my little house. I love it because it's, it's such a bigger purpose to it, you know. Yeah, that's true. So with so tell us what you do exactly. Yeah, so for for the audience listening, uh, I'm Troy Spry. I'm a certified dating and relationship coach. I'm a speaker and I'm an author of the book "Teach Me How to Love While What You Don't Know Will Hurt You." The uh, emphasis on the word "will" because it will hurt you. What you don't know will hurt you. Um, but what I do is I help people get out of their own way in dating and relationships. Uh, and I help them get from where they are to where they want to be. That's that's, uh, that's really what I do. And the, the mission is really simple. Better people, better mates, better relationships, and better communities, because I believe they all go together. But we got to start off with first being better people so that we can become better mates. Then we can build better relationships. And then our community starts to grow in and get better. So that's why I do what I do. That's awesome. When or how long have you been doing this line of work? Since about 2013 oh. is when I was you know, officially doing it. Uh, but I always say, I feel like I've been doing this my whole life. Um, it's one of those things where, you know how, you, you may know about how, like, you know, sometimes purpose comes in many forms. And so you start to look back and you're like, man, I was I was being positioned for this my whole life because I've always been a leader, always been a coach, always been a um, someone that was interested in human behavior, always been a person that, you know, all this stuff just kind of came together and then it, it, it morphed into all this. So I really feel like I've been being prepared for it my whole life. That's awesome. Um, I want to dive right in because, you know, we're around the same demographic in terms of kind of age group. And I know you're active on social media and you have clients and stuff like that. There seems to be a huge disconnect um, mm-hmm. between women and men these days. I know you see all of these you know, quote unquote, black male influencers talking about, mm-hmm. you know, they giving women relationship advice. And it's just so much online. Like, why do you think there's such a disconnect now between men and women and men and, and why they can't seem to get it together? Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting question. It's so many layers to it. Right. But what I would say is this. It's everybody's scrapping to be heard. That's what it really comes down to. At the end of the day, it's, it's two groups of people who want to feel heard 
and no one's listening to each other. It's, it's amazing how it's working. It's like, it's so counterproductive to what really needs to happen. There needs to be a conversation between two people um, with listening and um, and speaking. But that's, that's what's happening right now. It's, it's, it's very polarized right now. Yes. It's almost like, so if you look, really look at it, it's like you started with this like women's empowerment movement, mm-hmm. right? And so you did that and the women became all empowered. And then, right, they became so empowered that they started saying, I don't need men. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, men started coming back, roaring back. Now they're like, hold up. I need to be valued, too. Um, I need to have a voice, too. I want to be heard, too. So you yeah. got all this fighting going on. Yeah. And there's no solutions to it. So everybody's fighting to be heard is what I would say. I think that's why you see such a disconnect. Because the, the more polarized we get, the less healthy the relationships become. Yeah. You know, so fighting to be heard. I, I would say that's why it's so, such a disconnect. That's a good answer. I can see that. Um, and to your point, like nobody's listening. Like it's mm-hmm. just people are waiting to respond, but nobody's mm-hmm. actually listening to what the other person has to say. Or seeking to understand. Or and I think that is the key right there. It's like, it's, it's one of these things where I'm like, so what people do online all the time is they, they, they tend, and the, and the algorithms do it for you. They tend to just go after information that confirms their bias, right? It confirms what they want to believe to be true. Mm-hmm. So you, can, if you consume, if you consume that information all day, you only talk to people all day long that confirm your bias. Then guess what? You become stronger in that stance. Mm-hmm. Versus saying, you know what? Maybe I need to take some time to actually listen to what the other side is saying. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me, let me open myself up to understand why they feel the way they feel about certain things. And no one's wanting to, not, I won't say no one, but a lot of people aren't wanting to do that now because they just want to feel good about themselves. And uh, what's the word? They, they like to clap back. You know, they want they want to clap back <laughs> in comment sections and all this stuff instead of saying, hey, tell me more. Yeah. Help me, help me understand. So I think that's why we are where we are. Yeah, that's, that's a big part of it. What are your thoughts on Kevin Samuels and his quote unquote messaging or rhetoric? Yeah, so it's so it's so unfortunate because I don't believe that his message is all bad. Okay. I don't believe that everything he's saying is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I just believe that sometimes it's delivery, right? That's one thing. But number two, one of the issues I think happens is, unfortunately, an indirect result of some of the things that he's saying is empowering the wrong men. Yes. And so that's the issue. So the men who are like, mature and kind of understand can think through stuff critically think they understand kind of what's going on they, they can they can i'm sorry they can eat the meat and spit out the bones right right but very like fragile men who've never had a voice before in their life now are taking this stuff and, and like they're becoming unhealthy yeah. it's becoming very unhealthy for some people because they're taking the content and they're saying you know they're going all the way to the other extreme you know and and it's not a good thing. So, I mean, I can't hate on the guy. He's got a huge platform. He's uh, he's doing, he's impacting somebody in some way or form. But what I am saying, <laughs> some of the people that are following him, I think, are, are the ones yeah. who are, are having the issues. <laughs> you see what I mean? Right, so, yeah. They, they can't see through it. They can't see through it all. And here's the thing. Here's what's unfortunate. When he was speaking to, he was speaking to men mm-hmm. at, at one point. When he first started, he was speaking to men trying to inform them to level up. Yeah, okay. Lives. So that was, I didn't know that. So that was his oh, initial yeah. message. Okay. That was his initial message. When you look at his old content, like old content, because I research all this stuff because, you know, I get asked these types of questions and I want to know what I'm dealing with, right? Yeah. And when you look at his old content, 
it was all towards men. It was helping to empower men by help, like, forcing them to you know step their game up mentally, physically, all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Well, that didn't pop off. <laughs> and as soon as, the, as soon as this stuff happened, you know, we started being a little more uh, polarizing and things like that. You know, all of a sudden everybody grew because everybody wanted to argue. Yeah. See, as, lo- as, as long as he was telling men right how to get get their stuff together, it, nobody, that was okay. It, it, that was okay. But then when you started speaking to women a little more, you know, who's who's the loudest on the internet? Let's just be honest. We are. It's gonna be women. Women tend to talk more on the internet. People always say, Well, how come there's always no advice for, for men out there? Like, no, there's plenty of spaces for men to get advice. Men just aren't as vocal. Vocal. Right? <laughs> and so they're they're not consuming the content in that way. So you gotta look at the economics at any at the end of the day, follow the dollars. Yeah. You know, so anyway, you know I'll talk a- that soapbox. <laughs> No, I'm sorry to cut you off. That's a great way of looking at that because I'm one of those people that's always like, why everybody trying to give women advice? Where are the men giving mm-hmm. men advice? I say that all the time. And mm-hmm. so that makes a lot of sense. Men just aren't as vocal in that way. Mm-hmm. Follow the dollars. And to your point, you know, based on how the algorithm works, that might not even be coming up in a lot of people's feed. In a lot of exactly, it might not be. And so here's the other piece of the story. Um, when you look at men and, and men, you ever heard the statement "men cry in the dark"? Yes. Right. That's true. So men come in my inbox all the time, but what they're not going to be is is on the internet arguing with people in the comments. Some some of these some of these new dudes are, but you know for the most part. Men, when they have real issues about certain things, they tend to privately talk to you about it and try to get because they don't want to be seen as soft. They don't mm-hmm. want to seem like they're they're you know because you you know if, if you ever watch you you watch the internet, you see how the minute a man speaks in comments and things like that, what happens? They get he, attacked. He, they get attacked. They get shut down. Or even if they're asked a question, what happens? <laughs> they're like, oh, right. You know, he, he, people coming for him. Like they, they, you can have a whole comment section. That, a whole post that says men only and what would happen women, women would jump right in it <laughs> they gonna come right in there so that's true men. so this is why you see this movement though mm. of like the kevin samuels because people out there feel like uh, i gotta have a voice here mm. so that's kind of some of the background i think it's my opinion yeah but if you watch it you can see it that's true I now, i'm not saying that's all right though right you know I, pr- I pride myself on this. I pride myself on having a balanced approach. And so I'm going to call men out and I'm going to call women out and then I'm going to bring us back together. Yeah. Right. Some people, though, they I could write 13 posts about how men need to get it together. And I write one post about women, about a woman, and I, I might get killed. <laughs> you see what I mean? So the same ones that was preaching, hey, preach, preacher. Right. You know, on that, on the, on the thirteen, on the one, one, the one woman post. Oh man, I might, I might. Yeah, it happens both ways too. Don't get it twisted. Okay, it happens with men too. So uh, anyway, I try to be very balanced on purpose. And that's what I appreciate about um, what I've heard you say in, in your material and what you share, because it is very balanced. Like you are very even keel, I think, and very fair and unbiased with your. Um, with your feedback and, and and with you know your direction and, and how you help people so i think that's dope tell us yeah. a little bit about the book that you wrote and mm-hmm. what was the inspiration behind this book 
Oh man, that's my baby, the book. Uh, so it's actually the second book I wrote. The first one was really a uh, ebook, though. It was a shorter ebook. Okay. Called, um, it was called "Teach Me How to Love: A Man's Journey Toward and Through Marriage." It was kind of when I was on the journey toward being married. I was kind of trying to tell that story, right? Mm-hmm. But my baby is the, the paperback, which is also you know there, which is "Teach Me How to Love: What You Don't Know Will Hurt You." So when you inspiration, right? Um, for me. It's really always been about how do we help. I've seen both sides of relationships. I've seen very negative, you know, growing up, but I've also seen when it was very positive. I've seen very good, good relationships and what that looks like too. And so I decided. I said, you know, people always, always said, people always say, well, what you don't know won't hurt you. And I was like, no, this is wrong. Like, what we don't know is what's hurting us. Right. Because guess what? Growing up, what do you have? You have either mainly you just have the example that you saw. And so if that example you saw wasn't a good one and no one taught you anything different, you just follow it, right? And so you end up with normalized dysfunction a lot of times. And I was like, no, there's gotta be a platform where we can teach people how to love, mm-hmm. right? Because I think what we've been taught is that it's all about feelings and emotions and things like that, but we've never been taught the skill, especially in our community, but like we've never been taught the skill of love. Like this, and I even say love, I would say the skill of relationship. Yeah. You see, and so I say, you know, I'm gonna write about it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take this chance, and I'll see how people receive it. And so I just started writing about the things that were the most common, you know, issues I would hear over and over and over again. I was like, okay, let's talk about it. Let me put it out there in a way where people can receive it, and get people off these emotional roller coasters. I'm so tired. I mean, I'm so tired of seeing people jump on and jump off, jump on and jump off the roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And really, the reason they keep doing it is because they have no new information. Right. You know? And so we can get, we have access to all this information out here, but a lot of people won't go consume it. They won't go look for it. So I said, you know what? I'm going to write something and we're going to see if it changes the trajectory of some people, gets them off the emotional roller coaster. And that's why I did it. That's awesome. That's uh, And it's so needed. Like you said, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine and we were talking about relationships and just why many of us make the choices that we make. Mm-hmm. And based on my knowledge of just therapy and you know mental health and stuff like that everything that we do and you back me up and give me your opinion I feel like everything that we do can stem back to our childhood really Mm -hmm. everything Mm -hmm. that we do go it starts there let's go start in your childhood what did you see what did you experience how did it affect you what are your thoughts on that yeah I, I totally agree and see, and see, that's that's another reason why why I wrote like I have the platform I have, right? Because I know I'm not a therapist, right? And I'm not a licensed therapist or anything, like, so I can't go and explore your past. But I do know that I can give you new information to try to help you get to your present. But see, I always tell clients, I tell clients this: if I feel like they have a lot of baggage that they haven't dealt with, I'm like I can't help you. You got to go work through that first. You got to go back to your childhood and figure out why you operate in the way you operate. And if you aren't willing to do that, then I can't help you get to where you want to be because you'll forever make the same mistakes. Because you'll go back to the core. That's where people go back to. They go back to what they know that normalizes function. You can have the, that's why you see so much self sabotage. Mm-hmm. You see so many people out here who they got, they finally found a good thing. They found a person that was treating them right. They found a person that was, you know, um, inspiring them, all these great things, and they sabotage it mm-hmm. because that's not what they're used to. You know, some people like it, and that's because of their past a lot of times. So I agree with you 100%. 
Yeah, it's, it's so deep, right? But I just feel like not enough of us really explore it on that level. Because mm-hmm. most of us, unfortunately, just don't go to therapists and don't go to talk to anybody. We just try to deal with our own stuff. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we can miss how we need to take take it all the way back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, get, and get tools. Like, think, about it, think about it. What you just said is so key. It's like, okay, we try to work through it on our own. Okay. But you can only work through it to the extent of the knowledge you have. So if I'm working through it, it's like when your parents, especially in the black community, would be like, well, you know, you don't talk to nobody outside of your home about nothing. Or, you know, I don't need to see no therapist. I ain't crazy. Like you used to hear that kind of stuff. And you're like, so you're really, the only lens you're looking at it from is your, you know, messed up lens. <laughs> so that's what you ever seen people give like people real terrible advice. Yes. You ever seen that? So you be sitting there like, where did this come from? Well, a lot of it is that's the only lens they have. Yeah. Right. So I get you. I think everybody should go in and, and, and trace it back. Yes. Take it back, ladies and gentlemen. Take it on back. Trace um, it back. Trace it back. So tell us a little bit more about I know you you have clients. This is your industry. This is your thing. What would you say? If you could give, um, you know, things that men can do better, let's just say, well, the main issue I'm hearing is ain't nobody out there in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't find a good man. I can't find a good woman. And I'm thinking to myself, I know at least 10 good women and good men on, you know, over here. Where, what's the problem? Mm-hmm. What do you say to that? Where are they? Oof. Look, so I think this is the first thing I would tell someone is you got to stop saying it, right? And so, so many people sit here, they just speak this over and over and over again. And what do we find? It's confirmation bias. So now you're going to keep not finding something and keep reinforcing what you've told yourself over and over and over again. So we talk about speaking everything else into existence, you know, our careers and, and families and all this other kind of stuff. But when it comes to dating, it's like the total opposite, number one. All right. So then the other thing I would say is, what about you? Right. If you're saying there's no men out there and there's no women out there, um, what are you attracting or why aren't you attracting? Have you done that work? Do you even do you even have an idea of why somebody's not coming to approach you or why someone's not talking to you? Do you even spend time like outside of your house? Right? Do you do anything to make yourself approachable? Do you do anything to make yourself seen? What are the things you're doing or not doing? There's so many different layers. When I have clients that come in, the first thing they tell me is that I start asking all these questions. Usually the answer is like, no, no, I haven't done that. I haven't made myself feel. I hadn't done this. I hadn't done that. I hadn't done. I'm like, well, what do you expect? They're going to knock on your door and it's going to be there. I'll ask a question like, hey, have you, um, when's the last time you told your friends um, that you were looking for someone, that you were looking for a mate? And they'd be like, oh, I don't want to sound desperate. Oh, I don't want to sound this. I don't want to sound that. Okay. So how are they supposed to find someone to help, you know, to help fill that gap for you? So there's so many layers to it. I think there's plenty of men. I think there's plenty of women, you know, and, and unfortunately, um, what we see is because of the data you know, out there, people, you know, people just get fixated on this. Oh, there's more women than men in the world. And, and yep. this, that, and the third. I'm like, but you only need one. Mm. You need one. It's, 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 it's not like you need all of them. 
you know and so you keep telling yourself what's not possible then i always go back to this people get married every day b people get married every day <laughs> so if that's the case how come they're finding someone but you're not mm. and we got to figure out what's in the middle of that um because i don't i don't think there's not any good people out here i just think people are just you know uh telling themselves and feeding themselves the wrong narrative and you know what I think, and I like what you're saying because I think that speaks to, I'm a big self-affirmation type of person. Mm -hmm. And so what are we speaking? What are we confessing out of our mouths and you know, speaking over our own lives? So I do believe there's something to speaking positive thoughts, mm -hmm. you know, and not being so negative about things, including your dating life or, you know, being single, whatever the situation may be, right? So mm -hmm. I feel you on that. I hate to hear that too, because it kind of makes me cringe. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, but that don't have to be your life. Like, that's not, you, don't confess that. Don't speak that, you know, mm -hmm. over yourself. So that's, that's big. <laughs> Here's another thing too: is like people aren't open to getting outside of their comfort zones either. So it, that's another piece of the story: is if you're not open to doing anything new or different, so all you do is the same stuff you've been doing for the last ten years. You're around the same circle of people, you go to the same places, you do the same things the same way, you're working at the same job. When are you going to meet these people that you're that you're asking for? True. They're not there they're, they're, because you already been through that circle. Right. Right? So people meet people through expanding their social circles. That's how people meet people, because we're social beings. But people don't even want to take the time to expand their social circles in any way, and then they get mad when they don't meet anyone. I'm like, what are you going to do differently than what you're already doing? You know, instead of just complaining. Mm. What are you going to do different? Now, that leads me to the notion that women hate approaching men or excuse me women hate making advances and that's very different and very uncomfortable for a lot of women because of what we have traditionally been told and thought right the man pursues you and i don't necessarily disagree with that right mm -hmm. but you can approach men and you can make an advance or start a conversation without coming off as being thirsty mm-hmm so how would so, you address that to women? Yeah. How would you say, you know, encourage women to look, cut that out? Uh, like you need whew. to get out of that. Yeah. So it goes back to what we just said a minute ago. Uncomfortable. You got to get a little bit uncomfortable. Right. I know you were raised this way. I understand that. But it was also 1970s, 1980s. You know, it was a different time. And so here's what I always tell women. Number one, we have to reframe how we think about it. So first things first. Approaching doesn't have to mean pursuing, mm -hmm. right? The way I challenge women to look at it is all you're doing is opening up the opportunity for connection. That's it. You're opening up an opportunity for connection. That's it. You're not going up to the guy saying, you know, I want to sleep with you. <laughs> you know, you're, you're not being over, overt. You're not being, yeah. um, you know, overly sexual or anything like that. All you're right. doing is saying, maybe you pay the man a compliment. And maybe you, you know, um, ask him what he's what he's drinking on, or if he's at a cigar bar, ask him what kind of cigar he's he's smoking. Whatever it is, you're showing interest mm -hmm. in him and whatever he has going on. Now, here's the thing: the men who are interested in you will reciprocate that interest, mm -hmm. right? But you sometimes you have to open up that opportunity 
for that connection. And then the other piece of this story is um, once you open it up, then you can allow him to still leave. But that's what your feminine nature does, though. Feminine nature draws men in. But what you can't do is lead with your masculine nature and then expect him to be drawn into that. Now he's got a now he's got a competitor. Yeah. You see? Mm-hmm. And now it's this competition thing going on uh, you know, who's got the biggest jock strap to put on the table. Like that's what that's what it comes down to. And really it's like, man, I've seen some women work a room amazingly where they just draw and attract men, right? Because they have this feminine nature about themselves. And I've seen other women who are very attractive repel men mm. you see what I mean so there's got to be something else there like you 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 can open up that conversation uh, and you know what also it does it makes you stand out because for all these years the men have just been taking rejection and taking rejection and taking rejection and they're like okay let me shoot another shot let me shoot another shot now just because we do that doesn't mean we like it right <laughs> doesn't mean we love it so a woman that's willing to shoot her shot a little bit stands out and so now it makes me it makes it easier for me to not have to risk the rejection that i'm gonna get most times when you're out with your five homegirls at the bar and now i gotta come and approach you in front of all five of them and you want me to buy them drinks and I, it's all these things all these barriers you put in your way where if you are a woman and you're smart and savvy and you're strategic you see what i mean it's all about strategy and you're strategic enough to be like, nah, I'm not going out with five women. I'm going to go out with one homegirl, and then I'm going to break away from her in a minute, and I'm going to make eye contact with this guy, and I'm going to go pay him a compliment that he smells good, and we're going to see what happens. Okay. <laughs> you see what I mean? You see how different that is than the traditional way of doing things? Yeah. And it just makes you it makes you stand up from the crowd. So I want women to just reframe how they think about it is what I'm saying. Yeah. No, that's, that's a great, great point reframe how you think about stepping outside of your comfort zone and just initiating a compliment or just saying hello or engaging in honest conversation like you're not like you said you're not asking for anybody's hand in marriage it's just basic socialization like you're being social <laughs> but but faith here here's let's let's just be honest can we be on it real quick please the, the only reason that women are afraid of is cuz they want they want to be rejected they, women cannot stand being rejected. Oh, we hate it. Oh, they could. Y'all could not live a day in men's <laughs> shoes when it comes to rejection, because we just used to it. We, we just we just take it on the chin and keep it moving. You know, <laughs> I feel, I, but our feelings still be hurt. Oh. Like, we we don't necessarily say it, but our feelings still be hurt. Look, so my thing is, go ahead. I was gonna say I I be feeling bad for men because I know because I'm married, right? And just. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna be honest. I'm not interested in most guys that approach me anyway. So I'm I'm not mean about it, but it depends mm-hmm. on how you approach a sister though. Yeah. Like if you come in with respect, it depends on that too. If you come and half cocked and you ain't coming right down at I am gonna look at you like you crazy. Like what? I'm from Chicago. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look at you like that. But at least if you're respectful, you know, if you're honorable, I'll let you down nice, like, hey, thank you, but you know, I'm just not interested. But sometimes I do feel bad because I'm like, dang, like, I know they get that. You need, you need to pass them along to your single friends, see? Hello. <laughs> what you need to do? <laughs> like, look, but I got a friend. I got a friend that would be great for you. You know what I mean? That's a great idea. But some of them guys, they ain't, they ain't worth passing along. It ain't, it ain't worth it. Ain't worth yeah, it if it was, I, I trust me, I'm always keeping that top of mind. Like, hold on, I got a cousin. Um, <laughs> 
you know but no you're right you're right we can't handle that kind of rejection and i sometimes i feel bad because i know y'all get rejected a lot yeah but, but you know it's like a muscle right the more you use it the stronger it gets so if you're a woman and you shoot a couple times even if you fall even if you miss you start to realize it's not like the worst that could happen is someone says no right that's the and most men aren't even that overt like most men aren't gonna do like the thing where they're just like no i'm not interested in you most will let you down really easy well you know i'm kind of i mean i'm in something right now i'm involved you know and, and uh, even if they're not you know they might they don't want to let you down <laughs> hard so most men aren't going to just be that that arrogant cocky. <laughs> okay well that's hey ladies that's good to know right that's good to know Hey guys, I'm Shari. And I'm Sharice. And we are the Optimistic Divorcees. Two happily divorced women who are optimistic about life, but real about love. Catch our new podcast on your favorite podcast platform with new episodes dropping every Monday. Where we talk about life, love, and everything in between. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Opt Divorcees. That's T-H-E-O-P-T-D-I-V-O-R-C-E-E-S. Bye! Which kind of, when you say that, it makes me think of ghosting. Mm. Because I know that's a big, you know, hot topic and people do it all the time. And, you know, to some degree, I get it. But a lot of times I'm like, well, if you've spent time with someone... You know, if you dated someone, y'all hung out, and then you just go ghost, go radio silent. Like mm-hmm. I think, I think that's bogus. So why not just say, "Hey, you know, you know, you cool, but this ain't it." You know, just give a give a late give give a lady something because the way our mind works, we're gonna try mm-hmm. to figure it out. What did I say? Oh yeah, what did I do. Oh, yeah. What happened this month? Hey, what what do you say to that? first thing I, w- I would say to women is just all you need to know is that it happened right all the, all the extra guessing and all that stuff it just stop because you're gonna drive yourself crazy number yeah. one just know what happened but number two there's a few reasons why people ghost I, I think I believe uh, number one I think people ghost because they had something else going on right they had someone else mm-hmm. and that person became the lead runner in the, in the race and yeah, just okay. let and they let you go, right? Number two, maybe they just weren't that into you from the get from the beginning, and you were you were entertainment for a minute, right? Mm-hmm. Until they found the next best thing. Okay. So that's another reason. Number three, some people are very like avoidant. Some people have avoidant personalities, and they just can't handle that thought of confrontation. Yeah, that's not a good thing either. So if they're that kind of person, you ain't want them anyway. Sure don't. You don't want that person because that will set you up for a lifetime of bad communication, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's that's another reason people ghost. But before is they just don't want to hurt your feelings, and so they're just like, ah, I, I don't want to say it. I'm just going. I'm just going to slowly fade to black. Ghosting <laughs> does hurt people's feelings, man. It, it does, but see, they don't have to deal with the pushback of it, right? Okay. Right. So once they go ghost, they don't. Usually, it's these types of people they come back later. Mm-hmm. Usually, they come back with that hate big head text. Like nothing ever happened. <laughs> you see what I mean? And so that's another reason why people ghost. I think it's just ultimately it's immature. Yeah. To me, it's like you know, give people the the, the what's the word? Uh, courtesy. Courtesy of just saying of just being honest with them. Like just let just be honest with them. But see, here's the other piece too. Now, faith in you. And here's the thing. Sometimes men do believe that if they are honest, 
then what they're going to get back is not worth the fight, right? It's like when she starts asking all those questions that you just talked about, well, what did I do? Or what should I have done differently? And then <laughs> now he got to, now he got to be ultra honest with you right. and that's going to hurt you. And now you got a tear coming out your eye and now I feel even worse. So there's so many layers to it, but I just say this, man, if people ghost you, just know that they did it. And that's it. That's not the kind of person you want to be involved with anyway, because the person you want to be involved with can have an honest conversation, right? Yes. Yes. I love that. I love it. Just know that they did it. And, you know, I've always said, always, and I, I really attribute what I know about men, because I grew up in a house full of men. My father, mm-hmm. I have four older brothers. Oh, yeah. So many men in my family, in my life, cousins, uncles, you name it. And I'm just like, it's really what you said. Mm-hmm. I just say, if they're interested, you won't have to guess ever. You won't ever. Thank you for saying that. My, my saying, I got a chapter in my book called When It's Right, It's Easy. Mm. And and that's what I'm talking about. Is like we we really gotta start overcomplicating this stuff. We make it so hard. We do. So a lot of my clients, I spend most of my time just asking questions and saying, you know, and letting them come to a conclusion that they already really know, but because they're so in their head, yeah, they don't want they don't want to know it. <laughs> so that's because they know it was. I'm like, so does this sound like something that should be this hard? And the, the answer is usually it shouldn't be this hard. I'm like, but you're making it. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that's, I, I spend a lot of my time helping people self-discover. And that's awesome. And, you know, it's it, it's helpful because it definitely shouldn't be hard. If you're just getting to know someone and you're in the beginning phases, that, that part shouldn't be, in my opinion, shouldn't be difficult shouldn't at all. Hard. Right. Like to me, it doesn't really start getting difficult or challenging when you start making serious life changing decisions decisions. you know that's when you okay things are getting hard but in the beginning it should be happy and joyful and we in it and we vibe Uh if it's complicated (laughs) in the beginning i ain't interested in moving forward personally i I totally with you i i can't stand to see people going through the most with people and they just met them what what is this come on (laughs) what what, why is that you know what i challenge people with sometimes as I always say, I say, okay, take me back to a time where you had a really happy relationship or uh, somebody that was, uh, that you were with and y'all got into a relationship. I said, now explain to me how you got into that relationship. And usually it's like the easiest story ever. Right. <laughs> That's- it's the easiest story. It's like, I saw him, he saw me, he came and said, hello, we exchanged numbers. A month later, we were in a relationship together and we were inseparable. Yeah. It was none of this other stuff. <laughs> Right. Oh, he goes. There are exceptions to the rule, but yeah, absolutely. But most times, it's like a a pretty seamless, easy type of process. They're always going to be extremes, right? I think everything's on that bell curve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. that's real. That's real. What do you think? I'm going to just say two to three things Mm -hmm. men can do better when attempting to date and/or court a woman, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, let's do it. That's this is good. This is good. Um, so number one, the, the, the number one complaint I hear from women about men is inconsistency. That's the number one thing. So uh, I challenge men: like, if you're into a woman, please be consistent with her. She shouldn't have to guess on if you're interested. She shouldn't have to guess that you're gonna call her, if you're gonna call her or not. She shouldn't have to guess if she's gonna hear from you. No, be consistent. 
All right. That's one. Number two, be honest. Yeah. So I posted something yesterday, like be honest with a woman and let her decide what to do with that honesty. Yes. But don't take the choice from her. Just be completely honest with the woman and then let's see what she what she decides. You know, I think that's a that's a key thing. Um, number three, I would say is be uh, be interesting. Mm, okay. Right. So a lot of men think because they are good guys, right, that that automatically makes them this first round draft pick for a woman. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, you can be a good guy, but you can't be a good guy and a boring guy. Right? You can't be. You got nothing else going on. You have no excitement going on in your life. You're just nice and you push over and all sort of kind of stuff. No, women. People, no, I, I hate to say that women don't like nice guys. Women like nice men. They just like men that have confidence yes. and that have something going on. And so that's the difference. It's, like, it's not because you were nice to her. It's because you better walk all over you. It's because you were uninteresting. It's because you had no backbone. It's because you had no masculinity. It's all these things. That's mm-hmm. why it wasn't because you were just a nice guy. Ooh. You know what I mean? So to me, those are things I think make it differently. Like I always tell nice, nice guys, like you can be nice, but you still got to have some kind of level of edge to you. You got to have something to you that's going to attract her. Because what it does is screams what women the, the base the base uh requirement for women is security, right? And a lot of times security is breeded through uh stature. A lot of times, if you're big or not, that's why women love you know tall men, um, which I'm hating because I'm only like five nine. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I call it like height though. I'm like height. Uh, I'm at least like height. Um that's why finances are so important to a lot of women, right? It breeds security. Confidence is important because it breeds security. So all these things can be tracked back to security. So you got to give her a reason to feel like she could be secure with you. Mm. That's it. So that's what I would say on the on the um, male side, on the men side. Okay. So let's go to the women. All right. So first thing I would tell women is, you know, one of the biggest things that men complain about when it comes to women is not being heard right and so you gotta help men feel heard like they have a voice with you like they like you're listening to them like everything doesn't come back to you all the time and what you need and what you want and what you desire you see what i mean men want to feel like you actually care about them beyond just what they can do for you mm. that's what men want to feel like so that's number one men gotta feel heard and considered you see what i mean i think that's 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 huge i would also tell women um please tap back into your femininity tap back into it it is it is like when we had this whole women's empowerment movement which is good um it it was great for so many things yeah but it it has some after effects to it too and (laughs) one of them was a lot of women left their biggest superpower which was which was femininity Mm. they just left it on the table it's like because they they they, they correlated correlated it with weakness, mm. and I'm like, you have no idea what what you are sitting on in terms of femininity. That is the the most powerful, most attractive thing you can do for a man. Like I always see, um, you know, a lot of times men will tell men tell me this all the time when they're out and they they meet women, the first thing women do is size them up. Meaning they lead with all of their accomplishments and they lead with their money and they lead with their degrees. What they're trying to say is, I don't need you, right? I I want you, but I don't need you. But no, what you're doing is saying, now we got to compete. Now, now, now all of a sudden it's your femininity is gone because you're in this masculine space. 
right? And so now all of a sudden I'm not attracted to you, or if I am attracted to you, it's to it's to conquer you. Mm. Right? It's to put you back in your place. You see what I mean? And so I would say, please tap back into that femininity. Please, please, please. It is it is the the, the single most important thing I think women can do on a dating scene. Because I've seen it work so many times. You I've know what? Can so I just times. interject right there? That is mm-hmm. um, really, um, that's really good. I think that's mm-hmm. really, really good because I know that it's important for a man to feel needed and important. Yes. And, um, you know, I know women, we've accomplished so much and technically, financially, a lot of times, no, we may not need, quote unquote, need a man. Mm-hmm. But men do provide their presence, um, provides value and um, so many things, you know, it adds to us in so many different ways. I believe when you have a good man, it can do that. And so, yeah, it's I mean, even myself, I have to check myself sometimes because, mm-hmm. again, I grew up with all my brothers and yeah. kind of grew up being kind of hard and not. Not hard, hard, but just like I can do it. Like I don't, yeah. I'm not a damsel in distress, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't need you to open up a jar for me, you know, like stuff like that, yeah. right? So sometimes I know I try to keep that in mind just in my day to day with my husband because no, like everybody needs to feel important and needed, and you know, you don't have to be she rock every day, all day. You know what I'm saying? We don't, yeah. real women don't want to have to be she rock at home anyway. Thank you. It's, it's like counterproductive to what you really want anyway. Exactly. It's like, why would you take on all of this mm-hmm. for the sake of your ego? That's what it comes down to a lot of times. Like, why would you take on all this extraness? Yeah. Just because, just so you can prove that you don't need somebody. It's not that serious. I need my wife. (laughs) Okay. Like we're both, we both bring value and and that should be respected. Period. Dot. Full stop. That's it. Period. Dot. I like that. Period. Dot. Full stop. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. on, I was on two. I need three. You are. Yep. You need three. One last one. One last one. All right. We're talking about. that two? That was two. So we talked about femininity and we talked about making men feel uh, appreciated. Heard. Heard. Okay. Right. So that was that was that was two. Okay. Um, so the third one. So if, if you want to do better on dating scene when it comes to to men, men want to feel like they are dealing with someone that's an active participant. Meaning, like I understand women want men to pursue. We will pursue, but we also need reciprocation. Right. I think that's one of the things that's missing a lot of times. Like men, like God, how much? I mean, I got to do all of this all the time. That, that's one thing Someone will say Well he said he wanted to lead Yeah leading is Is not the same thing It's like I still want reciprocation Right And that, and that doesn't have to Come in the form of money And it doesn't have to do that. I could buy you dinner All the time But you know Do you say thank you Do you sound appreciative You know Do you show up to the date Every once in a while With something that I like You know Do you offer to Buy me a drink Every once in a while You know like People Men just want to feel valued I'm telling you Do you compliment me you know, do you do you tell me my haircut look fresh? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's little, it's all these little things that I feel like we just—they're basic skills, but we just we take them for granted. Mm. You know, you ask a woman, like I, I cannot stand when a woman says this phrase. Well, that's what he's supposed to do. Yeah. And I'm like, 
that that's what men are talking about like that kind of stuff it's like like you, there's some stuff that i was i could say to you as a woman and say you're supposed to do that you'd be like what yep. but i still want to feel appreciated for what i do right mm, come so on. those are my three come on brother okay <laughs> Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night. I'm Dana, aka Dana Mike 781 across the social medias, and I am here to tell you about my podcast that is currently streaming on your favorite listening platform. It's called This Should Be in a Book. People often tell me that the things I say should be in a book, but I didn't want to write a book. So I decided to release my knowledge podcast style. New episodes are available every Monday, and you'll be able to listen to my insight on this thing called life, three points into poem style, minus the poem. (laughs) So after you finish listening to this podcast, head on over to This Should Be in a Book to listen and subscribe. Hope you enjoy. Okay, let's let's move on, right? Let's move on. Yeah, let's do it. Red flags. Help help us out, because... A lot of times, bless everybody, people don't see them or ignore them or dismiss them. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some glaring red flags that we should not be dismissing when we are interacting and dating people. Oh, yeah. Um, number one. So when I think about red flags, all right, I think about there's some glaring ones then there's some subtle ones. Yeah. Um, but the glaring ones a lot of times are being told to you. Mm-hmm. Right, men aren't just a lot of times men and women are like they're not just lying to you all the time. Sometimes they say stuff like, um, you know, I'm not looking for anything serious, or I'm not really ready for a relationship, <laughs> or they say stuff like, um, you know, I'm going through some stuff right now, or I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm working through a separation, um, or they might say something like, um, you know, I'm not really interested in, in long term commitment. I just want something casual. So a lot of times, like you, it might sound obvious to you, but when I tell you the amount of people I talk to who, when I track back and ask, well, what did, what did he say or what did she say? They'll tell me these phrases and then they still pursue the person. Mm. And now they're the victim. <laughs> and now they're the victim. Oh, he led me on. No, no, he said, you know, I wasn't really looking for anything serious. Oh, well, he was acting like it, but he said this right so so to me those are like some of the, the ones that are big when you're trying to date you're trying to get into relationships right when people tell you stuff you gotta believe what they're telling you mm-hmm. let's stop making up your own narrative in your head why you know maybe he just been through some stuff and i'm gonna convince him you know maybe if i just do this or do that then you know he'll change oh he hadn't had a steady job in you know five years <laughs> But yeah, you you still gonna sign up for it. You know, he don't even have one now. Or she, you know, she's been uh, you know, a gold digger for however long. Like she she's only dated these high profile guys, never, right. you know, all these things. Like, you know, like what 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 is going on here? So anyway, those are some of the small ones. Like other things are like, you gotta look for um inability to communicate. <clears throat> this is a big one. And so a lot of people I realize that people don't notice the red flag because we don't even know what good communication looks like. And so if, if someone cannot take disagreement or um, conflict, and if it always turns into confrontation mm-hmm. instead of conversation, that's a red flag. That means this person doesn't have the skill. They don't have the language. They don't have the words to be able to communicate through something with you effectively. And that only escalates. 
Because think about when a kid, like a kid who can't really talk, what do they do? They don't have the language yet. So what do they do? They act out to get yeah. your attention. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. Or they throw a fit or they, they fight or whatever it is. Well, that's what some adults are doing. Hmm. So you, you got to be really cognizant of communication skills. Are they able to, number one, do they have the communication skills? But also, can they take constructive criticism without getting defensive? If you give them feedback on something or you challenge them on something, if they're always defensive, and that's their, that's what they lead with all the time, you, you got to, they got to go now and track that back. They got to go trace back where that comes from. But you probably don't want to sign up for it because, you know, you and I, we're both married. You know good and well there's plenty of times where you got to have tough conversations yeah. with your mate. And if they can't receive it ever, mm-hmm. I ain't in it for that. Yeah. I ain't <laughs> <in> it. <laughs> so those are huge red flags. Um, inconsistency to me is definitely a red flag. Okay, for sure. I don't, I don't believe that people who are truly into each other are going weeks without talking to each other or, you know, in, inconsistent in the communication rhythm and things like that. I just don't believe that. I believe that you want to talk to people that you're really interested in. Okay, let's, right? stop, let's stop right there really quick, mm-hmm. right? Because I have friends and... Um, I have friends that may date guys who aren't. But well, I don't like to talk on the phone. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not a big communicator. I just want to see you. Mm-hmm. What do you? Th- <laughs> what do you say when men say stuff like that? I just don't like to talk on the phone, or I don't want to see you. What do you think? Yeah. So here's the here's the question. What are they willing to compromise on? Because that's what relationships are, is a, is a, is a constant compromise, is what it is. So if you tell me, okay, I don't like to talk on the phone. Okay, then I say, okay, so what's a reasonable amount of times per week that we could actually communicate on the phone or, you know, talk in person? And then they give you something reasonable? That's fair. All right, that's totally fair. But if it's like, nah, I told you I just don't talk on the phone, I don't even want to see you. Well, come on, they're not willing to sacrifice anything for someone they say they are into? I ain't never seen a man like that really wanted a woman say, I'm not going to call her because I just don't talk on the phone. What? The same guys that I know that don't talk on the phone very much will caking on the phone, FaceTime and a woman they really like. Be sitting there caking, even if they ain't got a lot to say. You That's just want to be, you just want to be on just hearing that person, period. Absolutely. You know, so I always tell people like, look to see if there's a compromise. If there's never a compromise ever, I mean, think about a relationship with someone like that. Yeah. What's that going to look like long term? Like, is there ability to compromise, sacrifice something mm-hmm. and say, you know, I don't really love talking on the phone but because it's you, babe. Hey, look, you can call me every night if you want to. Yeah. I heard. Come on. OK, I was just curious because, you know, I don't I don't whatever. I'm asking mm-hmm. the expert. OK, yeah. so. well, wait, here's the other thing I want, I want women to see or here because you got to be clear first on, on what you desire and you, you so a lot of women might tell you like hey you know man uh, he don't ever call me or all he do is text but the question I ask is what have you communicated to him mm. have you told him that you prefer to talk on the phone with him have you told him hey texting is cool but I really want to hear your voice have you actually communicated? I've, I've seen many of situations where people just don't 
say what it is they desire and then they get mad when there's an unmet expectation yeah you know give the expectation let me know what it is you want from me and I might think that texting you every day is cool yeah you know it's ain't like the old days where all you had was the landline phone right <laughs> you know you, you only time you talked to them was at school or at or on the landline mm-hmm. so that's what I would say too is it's gotta you gotta go both ways and to add to that it's a lot of times what we allow so we again you Mm -hmm. say you talk about those communication skills right a lot of times i can't speak for men tell me what men do because i I can only speak from a woman's standpoint but a lot of times for women we tolerate and Mm -hmm. we allow so much just to have a person mm-hmm. you know just a little bit of that person just whatever they gonna give us we just gonna take it and we gonna hold on to it you know just because we want to be with them what do men do in situations like that when they have expectations and those ex- expectations aren't necessarily being met what do they yeah. do yeah men, men tend to be a little different in that right men men are gonna find somebody to fill a void I mean that's that's just what because we, we tend to be, we gotta remember, we're used to pursuing. We're, we're used to getting rejected and going back out there and doing it again and again and again and again. Most men, I'm not gonna say all men, like some men don't have that level of confidence, right? Mm-hmm. So they may hold on to a woman that's not good for them because they don't feel like they can have someone else. Okay. But a lot of men will just be like, all right, well, she don't wanna get right. <laughs> she don't wanna call me. She don't wanna talk to me, okay. She, here's the difference though. Men don't tend to just cut you off, though. Okay. All right. That's just not how we operate. We got we most most times. Now, as we get older and a little more mature, we like I ain't got time for the trauma. Right. But men don't just put you in a box. Okay. So she's the pun girl box, right? She's the you know what we talk every once in a while. We chop it up box. Okay. She's the one who will gonna text me you know once a month tomorrow. What you doing? Right. So we we'll put you in a box. We don't tend to just be like nope. I'm done with you. I'm not talking to you anymore. Because there's always a chance that on, a, on a given night, you might want to give me some. <laughs> you see what I mean? <laughs> I'm just telling you, that's how we tend to operate. It's like, okay, I'm not just going to cut cut all you off unless I'm in a serious relationship. Okay. You see what I mean? Like, But if we just date now here, then there's no point. If you want, if you've acted up and I've told you, I'm, I'm giving you my expectations, I, I need to talk to you, I need to see you, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to keep chasing you down. Right. Now, a lot of times, women are dating from a place of lack, mm. and because they date from a place of lack, they will take these little pieces of people and just hold on to it, trying to make something out, trying to squeeze that butt out of a turnip. Right? Mm-hmm. They'll keep doing it over and over and over again because they don't feel like there's anything else available. Because they talk to all their friends, and all their friends tell me ain't nobody available. Then they talk to, they read articles on the on the you know internet saying that ain't no good men out here and the narrative is repeated and repeated and repeated so that's a recipe for what holding on to some unhealthy stuff yeah you know that's how it goes it's like you know what it's like i I liken it to uh the real estate market right now people are willing to do whatever it takes to get a house because they've been told ain't no houses available (laughs) so they they doing no inspection they doing cash offers they paying you know, eight percent interest, whatever it is, mm-hmm. they willing to do it. I'm like, well, is it a good decision though? Is it still a good investment? Right. I don't know. So anyway, that's, that's my answer to that. That's good stuff. I had to interject there because I'm just like, you're right. 
But you know, men, men and women, we operate so different. So that's why I was like, yeah, just we know what women do, but what do men do? But that makes sense. And we don't get emotionally attached as fast either. We just, we just have more testosterone. I mean, it just is what it is. It tends to, it tends to downplay some of that oxytocin that y'all tend to get. Yeah. And, you know, when you start having moments with men and feeling bonded and connected and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's, it's some of it's just hormonal. I you love know, moments, moments yeah. with men. Okay, <laughs> y'all trying to have those moments, and if it's some good moments, right. that's when y'all really start, you know, <laughs> you know, not making good choices. <laughs> you know, good what I mean? moments, girl. You got to be careful when you're having those good moments. Okay. Mm-hmm. Woo! All right, you said something there. Okay, okay, that's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, did we finish with that? I think we were done with that last. Yeah. Okay, okay, cool. What are some first date no-nos? Mm, first date no-nos. Uh, let me keep them simple. Let me think. Okay. And um, then also in the part part two, mm-hmm. how honest, because you know some women, we like to show up and just say everything. How mm. honest should we be on that first date? I got you. I got you. So first date no-nos. Um, number one I would say is... Don't plan first dates that are overly long in nature. Okay. Okay. Because that's, you don't even know if you want to spend that much time with that person. You didn't commit it to this whole thing that's a good on idea. a first date. So don't plan dates that are like overly long. You got to figure out if you even like their company or their energy for that long period. You can always extend the date. You see, your schedule could be free, <laughs> but you don't have to let them know that's free all night. You know, you can extend that date. Right, so I think that that's key. I think um, one thing that I say is don't be negative on the date. Like that whole negative energy, where and all, and negative goes a lot of different ways. It's how do you talk about your ex? Right? Is that ne- is it in a negative way, or is it in a way that says, you know what? I learned some things from this situation. Mm-hmm. Men look for that often. They look to see if you take any level of accountability when you talk about your ex. Because a lot of women will say it will make it all his fault. And then that's a red flag for men. It's like, oh, so you, you played no role in this. Right. Zero. <laughs> right? So that's a huge one. I don't even suggest talking about your ex very much on the first date. But if it comes up, it tends to come up in conversations, right? Mm-hmm. But just don't don't make it about your ex. Make it about what you learned. I so like I think that, that's, that's key. Um, oh, men can't stand this. The whole interview on the first date. If you don't have good conversation skills where you can ask questions without it sounding like an interview, yeah. don't go on a date. Because that whole, like, where are you going to be in three to five years? What's your five-year plan? Um, you know, what do you do for a living? Like, to me, like, that stuff is just so played. Like, ask good, genuine questions, but do it in a way that's still conversational. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of books and, like, cards and stuff out there that are conversation starters. So why not invest in something like that? Why not get into it where you can ask better questions without it sounding so traditional and like so scripted? Especially if you struggle in that area. So that's a great idea. If you struggle with that, you may want to get some books or cards on Amazon to help you open up a nice conversation. Yes, I'm telling you, it's it's so it makes things flow so much different if you're not a good conversationalist, like you said. Some people aren't, and I'm learning more and more people aren't because they just text all day and they just on their phones all day, so they don't they haven't had to talk. Yeah, you know. So uh, that's so, so important. So those are some date no nos. I think another one is um don't get over, don't get drunk. Like don't <laughs> don't do that because it, it takes the date to a whole different place. 
Yeah. Usually a place that they don't need to go to. Right. You know what I mean? So like, don't and, it's, uh, and don't try to hold your own in it, especially if you're a lady. Be a lady, <laughs> right? Be a lady Eminent, about it. Feminine energy. Yes, because he's yeah. gonna be thinking. He's gonna be thinking. Okay, damn, I can't take her out in front of my friends. Yeah. So I think that's a that's a huge one on the first day. And for men too, like men, don't be doing this whole like arrogant thing. Um, women can't stand an arrogant man. Mm. They like a confident man. But the arrogant where it's uh, the whole conversation is about you. And every time she tries to speak, you bring it back to you. Uh, that's the big, one of the biggest turnoffs you can do as a man. It's terrible. It shows you don't listen. You don't value what she says. You don't value who she is. You don't even ask, you haven't even asked her a question about her all night. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I would tell men that's one of the biggest complaints I get from women about men on first date. So those are some no-no's. I would okay. say. What was the second part of the question? Um, what are they doing? Oversharing. Oversharing. We were yes. talking about oversharing. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So listen, I always tell people this. Everybody shouldn't be privy to the depths of your soul. Like they, they should not. Everybody has to earn that from you. Everybody right. has to earn that level of vulnerability to you. But you know what we do? Is we we want to be so real. Or we are, I'm going to be real and transparent. Well, no, you're oversharing is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. They don't need to know about all your past childhood traumas. They don't need to know about, you know, all, your whole family history and all that. Make, make it light and positive and good things. They don't need to get deep and dark on a first date. You don't want the impression to be that this, I got a lifetime of this to, to, look, to look forward to. You, yeah. see, you see what I'm saying? So to me, like, don't overshare. And also sexually, don't overshare. Don't start with the, you know, people love to go down the sexual path. Once you take a man's mind down that path, it's hard to get him to come back out of. Okay, wait. Okay, wait. I don't mean to cut you off, right? Mm-hmm. Should you share, speaking of oversharing or whatever, body counts, does that matter to men? Does it matter? Yes. Should you share it? No. Okay. Right. Does it matter? Yeah. No, men are territorial, right? They don't want, they don't necessarily love, you know, with a woman that's been with everybody. But I don't even think what. Why do you need to have that conversation? True. Why does it matter? We are, we are 40 years old. You know what I mean? Like, why does this matter? And who, who's going to tell the truth? <laughs> who's going to tell the truth? Like, how would you even verify the truth? Right. That's, that's true. <laughs> like, okay, I slept with 10 people in my lifetime. What you going to do? Go find all every one of them and interview them? Right. <laughs> Or I can say I, I'm, I'm a virgin. Well, I'm not a virgin. I only said one person my whole life. What you going to do? Go research it? Right. I don't suggest asking that question at all. Like, just why? Why does it matter? Maybe when we was like 17. <laughs> right. But what do you think, though? I don't know. I want to make, make see, see no, how you think. I, I agree with you. I, I agree wholeheartedly <laughs> with you. If your number is a little on the high side, I probably wouldn't be sharing and i also agree that why does it matter on on both sides right mm-hmm. like people change people evolve mm-hmm. everyone has a past i just don't unless you were just absolutely out here crazy mad reckless mm-hmm. to the point where it's affecting your life today i don't think that it should matter personally but yeah the, the better question is do i need to be worried about you know any of your exes uh, right. <laughs> you know, pulling up on me. That's why right. I need to know. Do you, do you like, have it out of your system? 
<laughs> and as long as there's no drama attached to your past, like I don't think it should matter. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I just think we got to be adults about this and stop worrying about because there's such an ego driven question. What you're really trying to say is, can I add up? Do I measure up? Mm-hmm. Right? Now, some of it's about reputation. I get that because people want to feel like they would. But at a certain age, everybody's going to with somebody. That's what I'm saying. You you said at the front, you said, hey, we 40. In your 30s, mm-hmm. come on, let's stop. Let's let's be mature. Let's be mature. If, <laughs> if you're attracted to me, then don't you think other people would have been attracted to me too? <laughs> right. So what, did you, what did you expect? Like, that I dealt with nobody? Right. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Any more um, first date no nos? First date no nos. They come to mind. Um, We're oversharing no nos. Like, I feel like sometimes women are, well, um, you know, I don't want to have no kids. What do you think about stuff like that? I mean, that's important to know, you know? Yeah. I think if it comes up in the course of conversation, like, hey, what's. You know, what's your view on like? You don't have to say like, what's your view on kids. That sounds very bad, but you know, if a question like that comes up, it's, just, it's all about how you answer it. You can say, you know, hey, I haven't planned on having any any now, but you know, maybe I'm open to it. Or you can say, if it's a equivalent, is absolute no, then say it's no. Say it's yeah. no. That's just that's something that's in my plan. You yeah. know, at this point in my life, that's okay too. Yeah, or I don't, I don't date men that don't pay bills. You know, that's a real hot topic right now. That oh whole, Lord, yeah, I know. Bill, that's a big thing now. No, it is a big thing. So it's all, all this independence, but don't want to pay no bills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, everybody getting a bag, but don't want to pay no bills. What's up with that? <laughs> like that, that, that don't make sense to me. Do it. No, but you know, to each, to each his own or her mm-hmm. own. Um, if you're looking for love, do you mm-hmm. absolutely have to be online? Most of the women I know absolutely mm-hmm. hate online dating. Yeah. Okay. Do you have to be online if you are serious and being intentional about finding a mate? Yeah. So I, the amount of women that come to me and say they hate online dating, I don't want to do it. Da, 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 da. First thing you try to explore is the why. Like, because if you really go back to remember what I said, most people meet their mates through social circles, right? And so all online dating is doing is expanding a social circle. That's all it's doing. It's giving it's 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 a numbers game. It's giving you more opportunity to meet someone special. That's all it's doing. Now, how you navigate online dating is will determine if you have a good or bad experience for the most part. You see what I'm saying? So like you gotta reframe how you look at it from one. Expand your social circle. That's all you're trying to do, right? Um, do you have to be online dating? No. But you can't not be online and then all you do is go to work and then go back home every day. Mm-hmm. When, when you plan on meeting someone? You know, the older we get, the harder it is to make new friends, like new core friends, right? Mm-hmm. And so where, where are you going to meet the people at? So you can't be single and say you're being intentional about dating, but then be like, I don't want to use online. Here's the thing. If you own Facebook and if you own Instagram, you're already online dating because those those are the two biggest dating sites in the world. That's now that's true. Like even though it doesn't say dating app, Instagram is the biggest dating app on the in the world. <laughs> that's true. And so what I say is just be intentional about what you're putting out on there, who you're who you're following, uh, who you might be interested in, and have an approach. Right, find a way to 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 understand like, like just like dating profile. 
Yeah. You know, where you, if, if you're going to do it, do it right. If you're going to do your Instagram, do it right. Do it to where you're going to attract the kind of person that you might be looking for. Do you have good pictures? Do you not have good pictures? Uh, what does your story say about you? Right? What kind of stuff do you post? What kind of content do you put out? You know, uh, are you willing to slide in a DM? Mm-hmm. You know, here and there. You got to be willing to do some of this stuff. You see what I mean? So, to me, it's not like... Let's get rid of the stigma around online dating. The stigma is like, oh, it makes me look thirsty. Well, if if he there and you there, y'all both there. Right. So, both of y'all thirsty then. And y'all just be thirsty together. Yeah, right. I don't, I don't see the issue with it. But so many... You know what it comes back to, though? Is two things online dating. Number one... Women don't, they aren't strategic about it. And so they just take whatever comes into their inbox. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? But the, the data would suggest that the women who are willing to make the first move are more successful online. Mm. Goes back to the beginning of our conversation, right? Shooting your wow. shot. Wow. Those are women who are more successful online dating simply because you're now sifting through the noise to find what you want. You see, otherwise you're going to get dick pics in your inbox right. and people come out WID all day long. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to get sort through that and go find what it is you're looking for. And then you, that's the beautiful thing about online dating is what's the worst that can happen? They don't respond. Okay. Okay. They didn't respond. So now what your feelings hurt. So you're going to see hate online dating. Right. To me, he's going to change how you look at it. Understand that there's a strategy around it. People meet people every day online. I would, I would, I would, I would beg to say that if you talk to ten people between the ages of thirty to forty-five, right, ten people, eight of them probably met whoever they're dealing with online. That's true. I would, I mean, I, I, I bet the data will flush out though. I haven't read it recently, but I, would, I bet it would flush out some some way like that because people aren't aren't nearly as out as they, especially during the pandemic. Right, right. You see, this, this is what I learned: the same women who are like anti online dating are the same ones who, when they go out, they don't do anything to attract anyone, or they go out and they got the head in their phone, or they go out, they're the ones with the with the stank face, <laughs> you know, or they're the ones who who are like, oh men don't approach me. I'm like, well, well, I mean, have you looked at your posture, how you handle yourself, how you move? Mm. Have you looked at, you know, what you wearing? Have you looked at all these other factors? So everything comes back to the self-reflection piece. Mm. Right? What are you why are you so afraid of it? Mm. Right? You had one bad experience and now you quit. <laughs> yeah. You know, or you use one site and now you now you hate online dating. That's true. That's true. Look, this is good stuff. Tell the people a little bit more about the specific services you provide and how mm-hmm. they can reach you for mm-hmm. more help, for more information. Oh, yeah. So um, the first thing I would say is um, just go to my website, which is ExclusiveThoughts.com. That's X-K-L-U-S-I-V-E Thoughts.com. If you go to ExclusiveThoughts.com, you can find everything else that I have. So whether it's YouTube, whether it's um, Instagram. Now, if you're the kind of person that don't want to go to a website, just go follow me on Instagram. That's at Exclusive 5. That's X-K-L-U-S-I-V-E and the number 5. Um, to me, that's a great place to find me. I offer coaching sessions for couples and for singles nice. um, and people just in relationships. So I offer coaching sessions. I also have my book. 
All right, so you just go to Amazon, you get my book. It's uh, Teach Me How to Love. I want you to don't know what hurts you. And one thing I'll say about the book is I don't ha- I don't overly sell it. I just say go read the reviews. Mm. Just go read the reviews. Like that's the, that's those speak for me at this point. And so the reviews are, are that good and that powerful. Where I think you'll you'll be worth your money <laughs> to, to go and buy. Um, so I always say, what's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? You read something and it changes your life. Hmm. Or you read something that at least makes you think about something a little bit differently. That's all I can ask for. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Mm -hmm. thank you so much again. I mean, again, I'm so happy for you. I love to see what you're doing. Um, You're doing positive things. I love what I heard about the book. I'm going to purchase it myself. And I'm going to gift people the book so maybe you feel like you don't need the book maybe you can buy it for someone else that could use the book so keep that in mind as well um and yeah i just again i just love the honesty i love the candor and um thank you so much for being a guest on the show i really appreciate it i appreciate you for for having me on and thank you for the work you're doing in the world as well thank you all right y'all uh thanks for tuning in we'll chat soon All right, so a quick wrap um, for this particular podcast. You know, I just really appreciated the conversation, learning more about how men operate and, you know, really kind of tapping into um, how we can move better and um, have better relationships um, together with men and women. And so I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. Um, I think it's a very poignant conversation, especially for now, because again, like we mentioned relationships and dating and marriage is just such a hot topic and if we are looking at social media it just seems like you know black men and black women we have gotten so much further apart in terms of respecting one another and you know loving one another and we got to get back to that we got to find our way back so Let's learn to be more self-reflective. And I know that's very hard because a lot of us come from um, trauma and a lot of us do come from dysfunction and a lot of us didn't see healthy relationships and healthy marriages growing up. And y'all, I'm telling you, every single thing in your childhood comes up in how we move and how we act in our decision making in these relationships i'm telling y'all and so a lot of times because the hurt and the trauma and dysfunction is so embedded um you know we don't want to go there we don't want to cry you know we we don't want to go back to that place or uh, to address what happened to us and how it affected us um but it's necessary it's just so necessary so if you're a person who's finding yourself making the same kind of relationship mistakes over and over again and nobody is perfect like all of us need help all of us need assistance right like you know just because i'm married that doesn't make me perfect or my decisions haven't been perfect like i make mistakes so you know this goes for every single person if you're finding yourself in the same rut um whatever that rut may be go do the work self-reflect 
dig deep. I know I feel like I'm a broken record because I feel like I say this almost every week, but it's just so true. Like, I just want people to be happy. I want people to live their best lives. And sometimes that means going back in order to stick, in order to take big steps forward in our healing and us being whole and truly being fulfilled as individuals so that's why I really stress it so much because I know and I recognize and I see that that is an area of opportunity for most of us right so okay don't want to belabor the point y'all um but let's do the work right we all have work to do we all have work to do so love you guys be safe i will have um troy's information in the show notes as well definitely check him out and thanks for tuning in thanks again for tuning in to today's show please follow faith over everything podcast on the following social media platforms faith over everything underscore podcast on instagram or you can find us at faith over everything podcast on facebook if you have any additional questions suggestions or would like to be a guest feel free to email me directly at faith over everything podcast the number one at gmail.com Don't forget to subscribe, rate, share, and like on all of the platforms. I am looking forward to engaging with you guys and have a great day.